0: Hi, I'm Sarah Avon Stover, host of Truth, Love and Beauty. I'm an author, internal family systems practitioner, and teacher of women's yoga, meditation and spirituality, who's built a long career since the early 2000s to be exact, in supporting women to cultivate greater psycho-spiritual wholeness and, in turn, to come home to themselves. My dedication to women and to the upliftment of the feminine at large has been a lifelong one, from growing up as the second oldest of four sisters in a Connecticut suburb of New York City, to studying at an Ivy League all-women's college, all the way up to today. And the very things I support women with mirror the struggles that I've had. Things like doubting, pushing, perfecting, hating, and yes, at times, even hurting myself. Yet I found, and I have a sense that because you're here, you have too, that these very wounds and pain points can become openings for profound healing, growth, and spiritual insight. I created this podcast in service of honoring just this, this sacred healing journey that we women are on. It was born out of my own desire to hear Dharma talks, which are what the Buddhist tradition calls wisdom teachings, through the distinct lens and voice of the sacred feminine. Here, I'll share these very talks, along with rich conversations with leading thinkers and luminaries about all facets of the feminine spiritual journey. Plus, this podcast highlights three of the core values we must embrace on the feminine path truth love and beauty values which we all need more of during this tumultuous time in history i'm so happy you're here let's dive in hello friends happy march and for those of us in the u.s happy start to daylight savings time which means lighter evenings, which always feels good after a long, dark winter. And plus, for those of you who know me well, you know that I'm a big fan of awards shows, which sometimes surprises people, (laughs) especially the Oscars. Um, I love checking out the fashion on the red carpet. So this afternoon, I'll be having a mini Oscars party on my couch, making some gluten-free pizza, and also celebrating that the first day of spring is just a little over a week away. And a brief update on my book writing process. I got the first round of edits back from my editor this past week, and I'm now back at work on it after taking the month of February off from book writing, which felt good, but it also feels good to be back with it. So now I'm working on my third draft which I am planning to hand over to several test readers for their feedback at the end of the month. It'll be the first time that just a larger pool of people will be reading it. So it feels like a big next step, definitely getting closer and closer to the final deadline in May. And actually, in today's conversation, we speak a little bit about my new book. If you listen closely, you will hear a glimpse into what it's about. And I'll be announcing more about that in the months to come. So today we are welcoming my longtime friend and colleague, Heidi Rose Robbins. We're welcoming her back to the podcast for the second time. And Heidi has been a professional astrologer for 25 years, helping thousands of clients all over the globe live with more authenticity and clarity. She hosts two podcasts, The Radiance Project, which features poetry, astrology, and good company as well as Chart Your Career with co-host Ellen Fondler. And twice a year, she leads Radiant Life Retreats for people wishing to take a deeper dive into her work. She's written two books of poetry, The Beckoning Ceaseless Beauty and Wild Compassion, and has been a featured poet at two TEDx events. Last year, her 12-book series, The Zodiac Love Letters, was published by One Idea Press, And this upcoming fall, her new book, Everyday Radiance, based on her daily Instagram offerings, was just published by Chronicle. In our conversation today, we speak about how Heidi and I first met 20 years ago and the ways that our paths have interwoven since then. We speak about Heidi's beautiful new book, Everyday Radiance, which I highly recommend everyone gets. And we also speak about how we can use this book as a resource for more wise and inspired living every single day of the year. We discuss ways that grief has shaped her life and work over this past year since her father's passing, structures and mindsets that she's implemented over the past several years as her success and visibility has grown, how she shows up authentically in her work and personal life, what's next for her. And an overarching practice that's most sustaining her now. So enjoy my conversation with Heidi.
1: All right, welcome, Heidi. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Sarah. Thanks for inviting me.
0: You're welcome. It's good to have you back with us. And you don't have many repeat visitors, so you are you are one of the few repeat visitors. Mm. I'm
1: Thank you. You were so kind, you know, with my book coming out and just I was grateful to my dear friends who were saying, let's talk about it and help it get yeah. out into the world. So I'm very grateful.
0: Yeah, we need we need each other's support, especially in times like these to spread the word. And it's a beautiful book. We're going to spend time talking about it today. And before we move into that, I wondering if you could share with us where you are in the world and just what's alive inside of you right now. And
1: your body, heart, and your mind. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm actually away from home. I'm in Hanover, New Hampshire, visiting family. And I, I just finished teaching about an hour ago, an online course. So I always feel a little uplifted after that. I always enjoy that. But I'm looking out at the, it's it's snowy and it's gray and um it's such a different texture here on the East Coast, you know, and it allows, allows me to feel a little bit more of the Pisces season that we've entered. So I think I feel this interesting combination, I guess, of the Aries and Pisces, which is I feel the sort of uplifted and mm, vital energy of Aries, but I also feel right under it the kind of tenderness, um, the tenderness of this, this quiet time. So I'm meeting you at a good moment because it's sort of like that little bridge between the tenderness and the vitality.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I relate to that. You know, here, I know that you're familiar with Boulder and um, just we have these often these wild weather and temperature fluctuations. So yesterday it was almost 60 degrees here and today it's about zero degrees out and snowing and icy. So it's like... Just yeah. Just feeling feeling the beginnings of spring and also remembering, okay, it's still very much winter time here.
1: Mm, exactly. I always loved living in Boulder though, because it would like snow, yeah, it would snow, snow, snow. And then the next day the sun would just melt it all away. <laughs> I loved yeah. that kind of you didn't have to be locked in by it all. It was yeah, I loved living in Boulder. I miss it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a good spot, but so is California. Yes. Yes. Love that too. Yeah. And you know, I, I mentioned that you've been on this podcast before and and I also appreciate how our paths have been kind of crisscrossing over the years and even decades now. And just think it would be maybe maybe it'd be sweet for us to share with listeners some of our some of our history together.
1: Yes. And,
0: um, yeah, so the first time that we met was, I think I was in like my mid mid to late 20s, which was about 20 years ago. Is that right? That, yes, that's about 20 years ago. I think so,
1: ago. yeah.
0: Uh, at a retreat in California with our mutual teacher, Sofia Diaz. And there was just a, a resonance.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think this happens when we sort of meet a soul friend You know, you and I haven't spent a ton of time together, but somehow you're very much always in my heart. And, you know, you sat next to me or I sat next to you in one of the opening circles. And I just remember feeling the texture of you. I remember feeling mm, that you were very serious about being there, which I was too. You know, that I think that's part of our resonance is like... We take. We want to walk a line of really showing up in truth and clarity. You know, with we want to give ourselves to whatever we're doing, and I could feel that in you. And I, I just appreciated you being a person that was one of the first people that I talked to at the retreat, and how welcoming you were. And um, and then later, you know, you were one of the first people to, uh, say, let me write about the hello love experiment which is what I was doing at the time you know you were really let me write about it let me share it on my blog you know and that was the cutting edge thing at the time right Right. and so I was like wow Sarah's got it together she's like writing every day on a blog and (laughs) you know but I yeah I I very vividly remember meeting you
0: yeah and I loved that hello love project I had that t-shirt for a long time. I think it was only just recently that I, that I had to say goodbye to it. And yeah. just for listeners, it was a, I mean, maybe you can explain it better, but it was, a, it was a mission of just getting people to say hello and just recognize that we're like love, greeting, love,
1: just being more loving towards each other. Yeah, I love that. Love, greeting, love. Yeah, it was just, we we called it an experiment because we said, you know, meet someone's eyes, think or say, hello, love, see what happens, and then risk and repeat. (laughs) So, you know, we stood on corners, we, we, with signs, we, we traveled around the country. Um, It was quite a beautiful thing. I still have a fantasy of, of some major city with a big billboard that just says, hello, love, and nothing else, you know, and someday that's going to (laughs) happen. I can see that. I can see that. I think the world is more ready for it now. I think so too. I yeah. think so too.
0: Yeah, and also I've I just had some beautiful astrology readings with you over the years and astrological guidance. And I remember just my first reading with you years ago. I just felt so seen mm. and very validated because it also helped me to see myself more clearly mm. or to bring to bring. Bring aspects of me that were more, maybe in the background, into the foreground. Mm,
1: I love that. Well, and I and I can say right back to you that very recently I got to work with you, with internal family systems, and uh, it was it. This was about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, and it came at such a crucial moment in my life. And there are very few people you know we can talk about this but you know you get to a certain stage in life and it's harder and harder to be vulnerable in a way or it, the, <laughs> i don't there's an interesting edge to walk when you start to be sort of accomplished in a field or something and then it's it's harder and harder to just be like all right i'm going to be a total wreck and i'm going to just let everything be and i'm going to stand in vulnerability and in any case i think i really was able to do that with you in this in this work and it was so healing for me I I wonder for you and I you have Pisces rising and I have Mercury in Pisces and I think that Piscean realm we really connect and that's a a kind of wordless and deep and feeling realm and um anyway I felt deeply held and and you helped me really cross a bridge there
0: yeah I'm so glad it was an honor honor to hold space for you and and I agree it is as just as we get older and and more, visi- more visible. It is important. To, it is harder to find those those spaces of of really just letting go and being held by another. And it is so important, especially during big crossroads or you know events in life like you were experiencing.
1: Yeah, and it's such a, a gift to have you know, the right resources to be able to get you. Cho- we have to choose wisely. And I, yes. you know, so thank you for that. And I'm glad we were able to exchange in that way.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. So we are here to talk about your new book. And it's hmm. called Everyday Radiance, 365 Zodiac Inspired Prompts for Self-Care and Renewal. I'll just hold this up for anyone who's watching the video. And it came out, uh last month or this month
1: it came uh, came out January 31st so January 31st
0: okay okay so congratulations again and I know that we spoke about this book a couple of years ago you were in the writing process when the last time you're on this podcast um and you know as a writer myself I'm curious like what your process was for creating this book how how was how was the writing and creation journey for you
1: yeah you know this is an interesting book because um i have been writing morning notes for Instagram, I also share them on my website, but for five, over five years now, so every morning I write what I call a moon note, moon note, and we just, I'm tracking where the moon is, what sign it's in, and I just offer some astrological reflections, and there came a moment when I thought, well, maybe I should collect some of these, you know, or maybe I should find a way to share this uh, under, under, A cover (laughs) and um but of course a moon notebook wouldn't work because the moon won't be the same year to year so I started to think about well what if we just worked with the sun's position and we did 30 days of each sign and then you could return to this book in an evergreen way um So I was able to curate my old moon notes and sort of take some writing from my previous moon notes. And so I did some curating and editing from what I'd already created, which is a beautiful thing, by the way, everyone out there who wants to write a book and who's been already writing in your life, oftentimes you you don't even realize how much material you've already written, you know, that can be beautifully put into a book. But so I did um, a fair amount of curating and editing, and then I wrote a lot of, of new entries as well. So it was a it was an it wasn't a typical process, I guess, of sitting down and writing a book. It was a combination of things that I was doing. I, I still have yet to write a book that feels like like you know this is a memoir or this is a. I, I write little like little zodiac love letters. I've written twelve little books, but they're different. They're more like kisses and. Um, uh, little doors opening, so, um, but that was the process of writing this one and And I really enjoyed it because it 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 got me looking back over what I'd created and also creating a whole lot more
0: and did you write? Did you have like a specific schedule with it, or like certain times of the day, or uh, how did that?
1: You know, like as things casual nerd in me is curious. I wish I did. I wish I did. I I have yet to write a book where I I get to say to myself these next six months or six weeks are about me writing the book. It's very much about particularly writing this book. There was a lot that was going on where my business was growing, and so I just would go escape for a week at a time, or you know, a few few hours here, a few hours there. There was. I usually love a good schedule, but this one was not the case. There was too much that was on my plate. So I was juggling and squeezing in and yeah.
0: Well, you did it. I did it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I know that um, your late father has been a big part of your journey on a number of levels. And he didn't pass away that
1: long ago. Was it about? one year yeah February 16th yeah so a year
0: yes one year ago and in the book's introduction you speak about how he was an astrologer in Fargo North Dakota he was the only astrologer there amazing
1: probably maybe close to it
0: (laughs) probably yeah (laughs) and um and you shared some glimpses into your life at that time so can you share with us more about those early years like when you were first getting the impression of this work that your father was doing that then now has become your life's work as well.
1: Yeah. Well, one childhood memory that I have is that when I would wake up in the morning and I woke up pretty early, I would come downstairs and it was always cold, (laughs) you know, nine months of the year, it was very cold. And I would come downstairs and my father would be sitting by the stove because he never wanted to turn the heat up. So, he would turn on the oven, for goodness sake, and he would sit by the stove and he would be, you know, bundled under a blanket and he would be reading his books, his astrology books, his esoteric psychology books, and he would be underlining and writing in the margins. And so, my first experience was of his passion and his dedication. And he would wake up at, I think, four to start doing this, you know. And he was... And I could feel how he loved it, how how he would do anything to make the time to do this. So that, that... I I loved the taste of that. And then he I loved walking with him and just having conversations about people in my life. We were both very psychologically interested and spiritually interested and he would he would tell me about the charts of my friends cuz he'd get their information and we would he would you know tell me about their rising sign or the sun sign and I and I just was like this makes so much sense and uh I always loved it just coming from him and using him as a resource in my own life. But there did come a moment when I was about 19 years old when I I suddenly just knew that I wanted to learn. And um, he was very shocked, actually, when I asked him to sort of fully full-on teach me astrology. But he says he was delighted, but he didn't expect it uh, somehow. And um, he, from that moment on, he was really willing to just create Write things for me, you know, make tapes for me, teach teach in whatever way. So really he was my primary teacher.
0: Oh, that's, and are, are you, are you the only child or do
1: you have, I think you have siblings, is that right? I have two brothers, two brothers, okay. a younger brother and an older brother. My young, older brother at at the time was not interested. He since has become very interested in the sort of spiritual path. My younger brother is brilliant and philosophical, but always, I say, he always would go with my father all the way up to the point where metaphysics takes off. Like up until then, he's like, great, great, great. And then he couldn't go into that realm with him. So they would have these very big debates and, um, uh, but yeah, they were brilliantly matched, but, but Matt could never quite like get on board with astrology or cosmology or, um, With with the full package. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's always always willing to listen, always deeply supportive. But um, he was always testing my dad too, like, well, what about this and what about that? And <laughs> so they had a good dialogue. And I was the one that was just full on from the get-go. Just, yeah. Yeah.
0: And how how was that, you know, between the time that you you started really learning from your father as your primary teacher up until he passed away a year ago? Like, how how did that relationship develop over those
1: years and decades? I think he always, um, you know, for 37 years, he offered a conference. And he would bring together, in a very Aquarian way, all his uh, friends, astrologers, I, let's do a broader term, you know, people interested in metaphysics, but he would bring them together. And from the get-go, he was always inviting me to teach. And I remember teaching early on and feeling completely inadequate and feeling like, well, this is nepotism if nepotism is, you know, like, you know. and I was always quite shy about it. And But I also felt like, okay, I'm going to learn through teaching. And so I'd started out by just teaching introductory esoteric astrology and, uh, um, but he kept, I I would say that he taught me through giving me a forum and he also, which I was so grateful for. And I continue to be grateful for because he saw what I could do and become, and he did everything he could to encourage it. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course I worked closely with him, um, for a lot of time in these conferences and such. And of, and of course, you know, he, he had his own quirks and difficulties that sometimes we would butt heads. and um, uh, But overall, I feel like I got to walk through a life with someone that uh, there was just a profound amount of love and profound amount of respect. And um, you know, when he died, it was enormously difficult to say goodbye, but it was also very just full of gratitude and sort of like, I'll see you soon, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah. How, how has your journey been over the past year of of just getting
1: acclimated to life without him and grief journey? He did something right before, you know, the day before he died, he, in his cosmology, you know, of course, reincarnation is a huge part of it. And y- you would not be reincarnated as an animal, in, you know, but but he said, I'm going to come back as a Kodiak bear. You know, he said this in the sweetest way. And so one of the things, honestly, that has been so deeply healing to me is he gave me this image of the bear and he had like hands that were like paws, like he had huge just soft, big paw hands. And um, of course, you hear this again and again, but bears were everywhere. I I, I felt so held by that energy. Um, so that that has deeply helped me. And then in a sort of strange turn of events, you know, this year has been probably the most exciting or fruitful career-wise for me that I've ever had. So I was having this great expansion and great loss simultaneously, but I felt him as a part of the expansion. You know, I felt like, oh, he's buoying me. He's really at my back and he's celebrating. And um, so that helped tremendously.
0: Got chills as you said that. can feel that.
1: Yeah. And Sarah, there was one other thing which is that he left me his journals and he'd been writing in a journal for for from 1970 69 I think from 1969 to 2000. I I I had them, you know, their um his wife Tuya has all his other journals in Finland where where they lived, but um so that's been another just fascinating thing is to it's so rare to to get into the inner life of, you know, a person that's been such a powerful figure in the life. And his journals were not typical journals. They were like work journals. So you got, you, I, I experienced him sort of making his way through what he wants to give in the world and clarifying that. And so that I've felt him very close through those as well.
0: This might be a hard question to answer, um, so you don't need to answer if you don't want to, but what, what is standing out for you the most as, you, as you've been reading his journals?
1: You know, I guess I would say how much he was able to give and, and offer. He was an incredible teacher. Um, In spite of the tremendous inner struggle, (laughs) because even though these journals were work and, and sort of philosophical journals, of course you can see the... Yeah, you can see the tremendous struggle of even, you know, here's a daughter going like, my father knows so much and gives so much. And and in his estimation, it's nothing. In his estimation, he's not doing nearly enough. In his estimation, he's, you know, at certain points, he's failing. And so, of course, it's amazing to read a journal, many, many journals, where he's writing himself into he's elevating himself through his writing and he's starting in a place of, of heaviness or despair. And he's like mm, finding his way back to, to give his gift and uh, again and again and again and again and again. So in some ways you're like, okay, I'm not alone in that. (laughs) I mean, that is what it's like though. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No. And it's like, at least for me, it's like, I have these deep inner processes and then I, I bring them out in some form of an offering and it's just this constant
1: kind of transmutation of some sort. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, sometimes I'm just looking at it from a bird's eye view and being like, Oh dad, this is a lot, you know, (laughs) this is a journey. My God, couldn't we, couldn't we be a little less like high and low about this? Um, but it's a, it's a privilege to get to read these and, and to, and, and in some ways, it's, it's very encouraging because it's, you see what he, what he had to process and what he had, uh, how he, he dealt so strictly with himself in many ways. You know, he's like, here are my faults, here are my assets, you know, what, what do I have left to do? And, mm-hmm. um, and he really felt an obligation to be of service to humanity in some way. Beautiful
0: so speaking of being service of service to <laughs> um to use this book you recommend that we all use so that we know our sun moon and rising signs and i'm wondering if you could talk if you could just briefly map out what each of these three are and then maybe yeah. we can talk through some examples of like what that looks like for you and me just to give listeners a like, a yeah. more tangible sense of that
1: yeah, you know, um, so now anywhere online, you can get your chart and you can find out the location of your sun, moon and rising. So you can go to my site, HeidiRose.com, you can go to, um, you know, Astro.com, anywhere. And, and those three positions, <clears throat> I don't ever want to just isolate those as the only important positions, but they're a good place to start because in esoteric astrology, the rising sign is meant to be our soul's calling and the rising sign is the point that was at the horizon, the sign that was at the horizon the moment you took your first breath. So it's what's rising in you. It's what's it's growing in you. So if you know your rising sign, you've been given an assignment, which is so beautiful. And many people don't know their rising sign. So find out your rising sign. The sun has a lot to do with our personality and doing self and often very connected to our career in some way. Um, and it's very full of will and uh, our, our personality. And then the moon has to do with our more emotional body sense of safety and security self, and it has a lot to do with our past. So the reason that I bring these three up is because they you can really think of past, present, future. You can think about a journey through just those three primary positions. But, of course, like Venus and Mercury and Pluto, they're all enormously important. But with the book, what you can do is you can really pay attention – When one of those three signs, when we're at the day, when you're in Pisces season, for example, Sarah, you're a Pisces rising and we are now in Pisces season. So these 30 days that I've written about Pisces every single day are an opportunity for you to drop into all different aspects of Pisces and how you might call more and more of this energy or trust more and more of this energy in your life. So, of course, you can be deeply interested in every sign, but there are three um, that are of paramount importance. Um, and, and like, for example, in your case, Sarah, you are a Sagittarius sun and a Pisces rising. Those are actually radically different signs, though they are both interested in spirituality and the spiritual path. And, uh, you know, they 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 are, think about the many paths to God or the many paths to the divine, they're, they're square one another in the chart. So in other words, there's creative friction between them. So it's really fascinating for you to, on one hand, feel the seeker in you and read every day of those Sagittarius days when we're in Sagittarius season to feel the seeker in you and the one that wants to expand and the one that wants to know and the one that wants the truth and And and, uh, to, to feel a sense of buoyancy and optimism, all of that's very Sagittarian. But then there's another much quieter part of you, much more still, much more mysterious, much like the well is deep with a Pisces rising and... Even, I mean, I'm just, we were talking before we started recording about your new book and the book that you're writing, and it's so Piscean, because Pisces rules heartbreak, and Pisces rules grief, and Pisces rules, how do we let go, how do we surrender, uh, and how do we begin again? And so you, I would say to you, you are in a very soul-purpose moment with Pisces rising um, as you are writing this book. but. The simple answer to your question is, if you know your Sun, moon, and Rising, you can deepen your understanding of those primary positions by paying particular attention during those seasons of the year.
0: Yeah, that's helpful. I, never, I always pay attention when it's Sagittarius season, but I never pay attention when it's, I never think about Pisces season and, and how that relates to me. So that's, that's a helpful thing to think about. And also that note of like how of the friction between these opposites. And yeah. I often feel that in myself, I think less and less, like more and more I'm, I'm finding, I'm finding more of my way between, between them. But it has been, has been definitely a polarization throughout my life of, of just that, that more fiery Sagittarius and the more private internal Pisces.
1: Yeah. Well and then you also have the moon in Taurus which also is radically different than Sagittarius and I think it's beautiful when things are radically different. I think as I think as students of wisdom and love we want to have charts that are a little trickier that allow us to find to merge energies that wouldn't necessarily be absolutely comfortable with one another. That There's a gift in that. And so, yeah, you're, like your Taurus moon has its desire to have things beautiful and calm and, you know, a certain rhythm and uh, uh, not a lot of rustling up, you know, whereas your Sagittarius sun is like, where are we going next? What are we learning next? And, you know, here you are. I, I so admire y- you, Sarah, in your endless uh, beautiful search not search but like you're always learning something new and not only are you learning it you're mastering it and so there's a part of you though as the Taurus sun that's like I mean Taurus moon that's like oh my god are we gonna do that again yes we're gonna do that again you know like but we just mastered that do we have to do something new yes we have to do something new <laughs> you know so there's even that um polarity in you yeah yeah it's
0: helpful to hear and how how about you
1: so yeah, I'm a Leo rising um with Aries sun and you know you and I share fire fire sun that's part of yeah. the the resonance and I have a Capricorn moon so we also share earth moons. Um yeah, and so for me there's a part of me that's very my Capricorn moon it, is very mm, cautious in some way and very determined to have everything planned out. And, you know, I write my syllabi, right? (laughs) But then the Leo rising is the part that's like, you've got to learn to be spontaneous and you've got to learn to offer your heart in any circumstance and, um, shine forth through all the planning and all the caution. Um, and my Aries son is always, um, willing to start at zero, start, you know, with the bud, begin again. Um, and, and I sort of dare myself into new frontiers, even if my Capricorn moon is like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? (laughs) So I, you know, during these three seasons, I have a lot to learn and I can deepen each of those energies, uh, tremendously and our journey is really to deepen each sign to to use the sign with much more love and wisdom than you know than in early stages
0: and it seems like as you're describing this about yourself that your your moon notes and for anyone who doesn't know about Heidi's moon notes that she shares them as she mentioned daily on Instagram for five years which is incredible but that seems like a like a merging of these three signs for you. Like it seems very Capricorn, just like stick with it day after day, year after year. And then you also infuse yeah. it with, with the Leo and with the Aries. And you're willing, I remember you told me when we met on this podcast a couple of years ago that it it started like the bud for it was you were just sitting around one day and thinking about, Oh, I should probably get on Instagram. And just you just had this idea to do these moon notes, and you you started, and you've just been going since then, and they've become this this just huge phenomenon on Instagram, and led to this book, and just a just a beautiful sticking with it.
1: It's fun to look at our th- big three in that way. Yeah, I started the pod uh, the the uh, moon notes with a very Aries initiative. I didn't miss a day with my moon in capricorn and i just kept showing up and the reason that i do it is a very leo reason which is encouraging people to stand in their full radiance and and offer their gift and i think the primary reason that i write these is in encouragement to be the self with a capital s and so that is that's the little combo of my three as far as the moon notes i think
0: Yeah. And it's been so, it's been really inspiring to just see how much you've grown and blossomed over the past years. And you mentioned that this, that this past year in particular has been a year of a lot of flourishing for you professionally. And I'm curious, what, what has your inner experience of this growth been? Um, There's like the blessings and
1: the challenges of, of your growth and success. Yeah, um I would say there is a lot of joy in in having shown up and 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 seeing and and things that I invested in seeing them come to fruition. Um I think that the year has also been daring myself into into the next stage that feels a little scary but also I keep but I'm ready for it but I'm ready for it you know so it's not like it's just been oh this is lovely everything's blossoming it's like being at the edge of something and daring yourself and being terrified and feeling like you know nothing and then entering the next stage you know um and I think I've spoken with you before about this year is also a year of just trusting the pivot too, where I'm going to be where I'm doing more teaching and more writing and less of the one on ones. And so there's a growth edge in that as well, too, to just trust, trust the turn, trust the, um, trust the teaching, trust the where it wants to go next, because I've been in such a rhythm for so long. And now it has to be a new form,
0: and how far in, how far into the new form are
1: you? I think I'm you know, I'm still seeing people. Um, but I'm definitely working with my team. I have a new beautiful, you know, the last couple of years, actually, um a team of astrologers doing sort of snapshots, astrological snapshots on the on the team. and now they're starting to do full readings through my website, which means that I can you know, hand it off. Um, And I, of course, there's part of me that loves to do the one-on-one readings, uh, but I I don't want to get, I don't want to be in the place where I've been for many years, which is that I look at my calendar and it's just one solid block of readings, right? So I would say I'm about halfway there. That's what I would say.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) And how, how has the process been for you um, just gathering this team of people?
1: So good, Sarah. I mean, like, and so organic. Um, Because a, a number of the astrologers are, I, I, either they were my colleagues, or I trained them, you know, or they came up through the ranks, right, and learned with me. And so um I have such deep trust for them. And they're Right now, there are five of them, and they're just remarkable people who all have different gifts to give through these. They do the sun, moon, and rising snapshots for people. They make a 15-minute audio, and then they do transit snapshots for people where they talk about what's going on in the chart right now. And it's such a beautiful thing to not only provide a forum for them to be practicing and offering their gift, but to be held by them so that I can be released into other work as well. So yeah. I'm, I feel it's very Aquarian. I, I, I suddenly find myself in a beautiful Aquarian situation. And by that, I mean, like the group is holding me and I am holding the group. And uh, I, I feel very happy about that.
0: And are there any other um, kind of structures or systems or things that you put in place in your work to just accommodate the the growth over the past years that have been helpful for you.
1: One of my dear friends of 20 years, um, three years ago, she stepped in and is like my right-hand woman. And so that's another deep level of trust, Erin Schlebaugh. She's like, um, I just basically from the moment uh, we decided to work together, I said, I am going to trust that she is going to bring in, Something that I do not have, and that there's no like I just let her do her work. And some weeks she'll come up and she'll be like, Look what I did! and I'll have no, you know, it'll be wonderful because I would never have thought about you know creating the system in that way. She's got Virgo rising, so she's got such an attention to detail, and so that that piece of having um her in place, um, has been so incredible so it's about getting support you know getting support and trusting the support
0: yes it's huge and um what do you sense is next for you like you i I know you're you're shifting more into teaching and writing yeah can you see can you see more about that is there something beyond that or where, where where are you with that vision
1: I feel like, you know, the next several months are going to be interesting. And you, you have been such an incredible retreat leader for so many years of your life. And, you know, I have done retreats for 13 years and, but now I'm amping that up a little bit. And so I'm going to have an experience in the next several months of doing three retreats, one my own in Ohi, the Radiant Life Retreat, another um, at Kripalu with my friend Adriana Rizzolo, and I've never taught there before, and then a third at Esalen where I'm doing an astrological immersion, and that's all happening before the end of June. And so I think there's something that I have to, that that's building around that. And I'm not sure where it will go after that. But then if I was just going to dream a dream, I would say to you, I think I have a memoir in me that is part, using my dad's journals, part using my own journals. One of the things my dad did, which was crazy, is for 30 years when he wrote his journal, every time he wrote something new, he'd put the time. So talk about astrology. Like I could look at his revelations and say, this happened April 21st, 1974 at 2.22 p.m. I mean, so there's something there about my dad. There's something there about my own journey um so it and that feels like the book that i need 6 months to write you know by myself in a cabin in the woods
0: <laughs> yeah i can sense that i can sense that it's exciting stuff
1: it is and 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 to be absolutely honest and fair too it's like there's another part of me that really is working to have so much more downtime and spaciousness and unknown um so it's a very you know this it's a tricky balance but i'm really practicing what is it if i carve out um just quiet time that's unnamed or not spoken for i feel like that's fundamental to me in the next decade
0: yeah yeah and it's like it's kind of paradoxical cuz you need to put a certain amount of work and sweat into things in order to to have more of that. At
1: least mm-hmm. that's my
0: experience. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: just sometimes I just just accept that and just say, okay, this this is a period of time where I'm building and I'm growing and I'm gonna have less yeah. of those pockets, but this is in service of creating beautiful things and having more of that time in the future.
1: Yeah, and I think that if we can—that's what I'm working with—with with, with schedules and stuff—is like really like all right, full on this month, so that I can I can already anticipate this month that's going to have a different texture, right? So really yes. being as careful about carving out that time as well.
0: Yeah, and just having these rhythms, especially when when serving a lot of people, is times of just receiving and just being. Yes. So uh, yes.
1: So, so important.
0: Yeah. Something that I appreciate you and I feel like is, I mean, there's so many things that are part of your success. But I think one of them is really that no matter where you are, you are 100% yourself, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, here on this podcast or sitting next to each other in a retreat or in, on social media and is that something that's on your podcast is that something that's conscious for you or is it just um is it just natural for you because it's not it's not
1: the case for for everyone yeah i uh it's a good question and i and i I think that the Leo rising helps because that's part of the Leo journey is like how fully can you be who you are? Um, But I'm just going to out myself and say that I've noticed with myself that when I'm in a podcast or when I'm teaching or when I'm leading a group, I feel very good about just being close to the grain, telling you the truth, feeling my vulnerability. Um, I feel very like i'm i'm okay to be in the the wrestling with everyone and but i do notice that it's harder for me to be vulnerable and raw and myself you could say in some more intimate situations or let's say i'm in a retreat i'm i'm often the I often have such a huge inner battle when I'm in a circle that I'm not facilitating, which, you know, I almost am embarrassed to share, but it's true. It's like Aries, Leo or their leadership energies. And there's something about leading with authenticity, but it's harder for me when I'm sitting in the circle or when I'm having a conversation with a a couple dear friends to just name the rawness or name the vulnerability so I've been watching that in myself and I'm curious about it yeah
0: that's a good noticing I've I've experienced that I I feel it less and less I feel like I IFS has helped me with that and there's something Mm. about particularly like being in IFS communities when I'm in a training or a group that just allows me to feel more more freedom of just being fully me, but it is definitely easier and more natural for me to be or me when I'm in a leadership position as well.
1: Yeah, I, I could imagine IFS could help with that tremendously. Um, and And, you know, when I'm with my friends, and I'm hesitating, they know me well enough to sort of poke me and sort of yeah. get to the heart of the matter, right? But it's not as willingly offered. Sometimes I'm more careful or more just, I'm too busy, or I'm too, 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 too or I like the walls go up in some way. Yes. Um, yeah.
0: So I'm wondering um if you would be willing to read the prompt for today, which is February 22nd, although this is not coming out until March. Uh, no, the it's sound. out. Oh, the oh no, book's this out. podcast, this podcast. Oh, this this podcast. Podcast. oh, 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 oh yes, yes, yes. Okay, right, right. But just to give um, readers a sense of what um, what these daily prompts are like,
1: yeah, I would love to, um, and I'm glad it's this one. I do like this one; feels a little like poetry to me, and I I do love a you know the poem. So this one is called "The Call of the Ocean," and I think it's like day three of the Pisces season. Let's all take a deep breath together right now, and another. Now let's imagine we are holding a conch shell to our ear and we begin to hear the call of the ocean. Imagine that the call awakens the ocean inside us and we can feel our breath like the waves flowing in and out. Let's put ourselves at the ocean's edge and let the water wash over our feet. Is the ocean warm or cold? Does it soothe us or wake us up? Let's open our arms wide and receive the blessing of the water. Let's breathe in the perspective only the ocean can offer and see the light of the sun dance on the water as a gift for us. Let's notice how the sea meets the sky at the far horizon and feel that meeting as a kiss, a union within us. Let's feel how we are sea and sky, breath and surrender. Let's feel how vast we are. And then every day has a little invitation as well. And this is a very short invitation, but it just, it's a writing prompt. And it says, let's write the first time I saw the ocean. So there's a lot of uh, writing prompts. There's a lot of uh conversation prompts, exercises, experiments. And then every day, you know, this is a more poetic entry, but, you know, there are also things like why it's good to have an Aquarius friend. And then there's a list of, you know, the, qual- the qualities of Aquarius. So some of our are, v- are very playful. Some of them are quieter and deeper. And hopefully they just evoke uh, something that, that that wants to be thought about or written about or talked about. And their little guide, a little kiss for the day.
0: I love it. Yeah, it's very, um, very user friendly. Just to just to literally read that little prompt every day when
1: you're waking up, or while you're drinking your coffee or tea or doing your morning practice. And what I'm thinking about that's so that's interesting is I'm still writing the moon notes, right? So now, for those that want to, you open the book and you have a, a note about the sun's position and you open Instagram or my website and you have a note about the moon's position and you can play with them both uh, and see how they interact together.
0: Right, right. And so Heidi, what are some of the, what are some of the practices or rituals or things that, that are most sustaining and nourishing you
1: during this season of your life? Mm. Yeah, I would say the the thing that sustains and nourishes me most is the practice of slowing down. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to be that simple. The practice of, of slowing down, and I will add to it, moving in some way, like 17 minutes a day, (laughs) you know, like, really, I, I finally got back to yoga at the beginning of this year, and I just found even if I show up on the mat for 15 minutes, it's it radically changes my day. So if I can slow down and move my body, even for a short amount of time, everything is renewed yeah and and also, I'll just add in there that acupuncture for me seems to be just a radically healing thing and uh, in in the deepest ways. And so when I need to be replenished, I will show up on my acupuncturist table and I leave, kind of you know, it's always feels like a small miracle to me
0: mm. yeah, those are all three incredible things. Thank you for sharing those. And what is your current growing edge?
1: Yeah, I think, I think I touched on it earlier. I think it, I think it's something about, I guess, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm going to, I think it's my growth edge is about enoughness. Uh, and about the recognition of enoughness and the recognition the other day on in my moon note I wrote about holding things lightly you know I tend to grip and push and push things to a level of exhaustion or extreme and I'm learning I'm really learning how not to do that and so I would say this feeling of, like almost like a parent saying to my own self, that's enough. You've done well. That's all you need to do. You know, let's go eat a good dinner. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This feeling of enoughness, I guess.
0: Mm. And is there a poem that you want to close us out
1: with? Mm. Yeah. So I, I actually have called up an old poem here And I'm not even sure I've ever read this out loud, and I don't think it's in any book, but somehow it speaks to me at the moment, and it's about solitude. It's probably a draft, you know, but here we go. This is what it is today, (laughs) solitude. Right. Oh, my delight upon waking, solitary, out of reach. And still an apology is poised on my pen, who, after all, longs for solitude when love has been so gracious? My house is full with those I would offer my last breath. And yet I yearn to be alone for great, luxurious stretches of time. This morning is a homecoming. No words spoken except my own on this page. No needs met except my own on this day. Now I open what has been locked. Render every cell available for reunion. I cannot hold this bounty. So I will share it when we are next together. But not yet. Not yet.
0: Beautiful. Thanks for Mm -hmm. reading that. And for listeners who want to learn more about you, want to find your book, I recommend picking up your copy, Everyday Radiance. Where, Where do you want to direct us to? And is there anything upcoming that you want to highlight?
1: Yeah. um, You can order the book anywhere. So, you know, maybe order it from an independent bookseller, (laughs) Um, but it's available anywhere. Um, And I guess I would highlight... The next retreat at Kripalu, particularly for those on the East Coast. Um, we've done this because I'm usually doing things on the West Coast. So go to, you can go to my website at HeidiRose.com and you can, you can explore, uh, that or you can go to Kripalu and I'll be teaching with Adriana Rizzolo and it's called Alive and it's going to be very much about embodiment and astrology and chanting and writing, all kinds of beautiful tools to feel more alive and, more joy. Awesome.
0: I love Kripalu. That's one of my, one of my early spiritual homes. And that's actually what
1: the first time that I met Sophia at a retreat there. Wow. Yeah. It's a special place. Well I'm coming to some of these retreat centers late and um and I remember you teaching and 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 I was sort of like doing my Aries thing like find a place cook all the food with my you know it's like doing <laughs> and it's such a joy to be like hey I hosted. could go to a place and just be hosted and and so I'm really looking forward to that night cuz I have never been so um it'll be lovely to see where you have been yeah.
0: where you were
1: those years ago
0: Yeah well enjoy and I know everyone who will be
1: there will enjoy too thank you thanks thanks so much for this i love i love talking with you sarah
0: yeah likewise always good to have you thank you for being here today if you enjoyed today's episode i'd be very grateful if you could take a moment to please rate and review this podcast on itunes that is the best way to support me in continuing on with this podcast and also to support other women in finding this, other women who may find this beneficial for their own lives. Also, don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And if you're not already signed up for my newsletter, Monthly Insights, which I've been sending out now for almost 20 years, I welcome you to join me and a community of like-hearted women from around the world there You can subscribe at my website, SarahAvonStover.com. Until next time, I'm sending you my heartfelt support.